Welcome back to We Are TPM with myself, Kyle Teixeira. Sitting next to me, as always, is John Teixeira. This week, we are back to discuss, should we, or should I rent, or should I sell? Should I stay, or should I go? You know, one, this is a topic that we have uh, touched on in the past, but we wanted to rediscuss in current market conditions, because it's probably the most common question of the of the the time we are in, right? Mm-hmm. And probably in somewhat a a premise of our entire podcast. So Mm -hmm. we're going to get into it. If you have any questions you want to sell or want to rent or want to ask the question that we're about to answer, give Mm -hmm. us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. Let's get into it. Joan, should I rent or should I sell? Weigh these options. Why do people weigh these options so much? Well, you know, there's a whole bunch to this conversation, right? So let's do this. Let's start the conversation with assuming that you don't need the equity from your home to do whatever you're doing, right? So there's a certain portion of people that are trying to make this decision because of a move that they have to make. And in that move, they may need the funds or the equity from their their home, right? So if we just take those people out of the equation... Let's just talk about people that have an option to either sell or rent. Well, I guess, yeah, because you, you, that's the first question. Mm-hmm. Our first question in response to this question is, do you need to do, to sell it? Yeah, because otherwise the, the rest of the conversation is a moot point. Well, partially, yeah, because the mm-hmm. – uh, and we'll talk if, about If it. you do. Yeah. Yeah. If you it's, do need it. You should rent. The answer is you should rent, right? Well, last time we did this, it was... Well, we if, were... you, if you want to have a really short episode, we could do that if you want, because that's always our answer, right? If you don't need the money, then you should rent. <laughs> yeah, and I guess I, we want to dive into the reasons behind all this, because like, um, I was asked this today. I had a conversation with somebody who is about my age, right? So when I answer these questions, I give them all the back end reasons why cuz you know, not everybody knows what we know not everybody sees sees the the horizon of this investment journey um but like for example the guy i'm talking to is 30 years old right he has a 2.2% interest rate on his house 2.2% interest rate that right house, so buddy. that is one of the biggest reasons is most of the people asking this question today have an interest rate on what is what should become an investment property that you will never see again. In comparison, an invest an investment. Well, hopefully, we never see that again because if uh, if we do see those rates again, that means we're in an economic turmoil again. Um, but right now, an investment property like the same thing we're talking about would be like an eight point five percent interest rate. Well, no, 7.5. But yeah, you're right. It's huge difference. And I think about a year ago, Kyle, we did a podcast where we threw out a stat. And I don't remember the exact stat, but it was interesting at the time that something like half of the homeowners, half of the mortgages in the United States were like sub 4% or something crazy like that, maybe even sub 3%. It was a, it was an astronomical thing to think about. And, and what, what we were saying back then is what this is going to create is a situation where people don't sell their home. Right. And, and that's part of what you're getting at is like, why would you sell something that could potentially make you money to help you build wealth through asset appreciation, pay down of your debt, right? And, and cash flow from, from monthly rent payments. 
why would you sell something that is that is cheaper than it can be than than it would be for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the price you bought it at and the interest rate that you bought it at. I mean, somebody tries to buy that same house today, it's going to cost them more money, and their interest rate is going to be higher. You're going to cash flow a lot more than somebody that buys the same like home today. Well, and one thing he was asking, you know, I like to bring this up because he was asking me conceptually, like. Why, you know, I have about 60, 70 grand in equity. Why wouldn't I just take that, put it into the other one, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the biggest things for someone who's 30 years old is I'm like, well, what's your, what, 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 what retirement planning have you done? Mm. Right? We don't like to think about retirement at 30 years old. Well, you've already bought that house. That's step one to retirement. Cause I'm telling them how, you know, rent rates over time, you know, you have a 30 year mortgage. So over 30 years, your rent rates are going to go up. If you're renting it out, for those 30 years, your renter's paying it off. So your renter's paying off the house. Um, you know, he has a $1,200 mortgage that'll rent for two grand, right? That's $800 in cash flow while it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that really, I'm like, once that house is paid off, that two grand, you know, ignoring taxes and insurance, right? That two grand is is straight income. If you have 10 houses, if you spent 30 years doing that on 10 houses, that's twenty grand I've in been, income. I've People been think guilt- it takes a hundred houses to make a re- a realistic retirement income. It doesn't. It it can you can literally do that. I've been guilty of counting on that for my uh, retirement my retirement plan too. But um, you That's you a good you, one. you make a great <laughs> it is you make a great point. You should be. I think you. I still think everyone should be diversified. But there is less and less people in the United States that have pensions and 401ks and those things are becoming less and less common. And so even when they were more common, it was still a high percentage of people that weren't that didn't have those things and they didn't have an employer that was contributing to that and 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 because of that they didn't have the financial wherewithal to know to to set that up themselves and plan for their future. Let's face it, most of us are very short-sighted and we think about what we want now and and we don't think about the future until until the future hits us in the face somehow, right? And and then we get to turn we turn, you know, 50, 60 years old, we start thinking about retiring and we're like, "Oh crap. You know, I haven't saved enough money to retire. I'm going to have to work till the end of my life, right?" <laughs> well, in, in the the you know, the 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 fallacy of social security right oh yeah oh, yeah so I, on the way over here this was interesting because so many people are like you know i see we 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 rent houses right we see how many people rely 100 percent on social security to live um and i know people are my age who say oh i'll get social security blah 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 on the way over here i asked chat gpt i'm 28 will i get social security that's all i asked right and it went into all the reasons why i won't um but <laughs> Essentially, the statistic that is currently being, or the current math on it is, it's going to run out by the year you're supposed to get it. You won't even get it. <laughs> you <laughs> well, know what, though? It won't. It won't be fully funded by 2035 is what they said it will it, You, you it know will what? Everybody said the exact same thing 30 years ago, that my dad and my parents would never see a dollar of their social security. Oh, well, they'll just, they'll just they, start taxing us more. I'm sure that won't actually happen. They'll mm. just, they'll just tax us more to make sure. Somehow they'll, it. they'll kick that down the road somehow. I yeah. don't know. But, but 
It's what our government does, right? Kick cans down the road just constantly. Why do we have inflation right now? Because our government prints money more faster than... than... Social Security needs money. What's another trillion? That's right. Just, just print more of it. <laughs> What's another trillion? Just, Two trillion. Just yeah. fire up the, the printers. That's all you got to do. Jerome Powell. No. <laughs> it's a good thing these things aren't based on gold anymore, huh? We'd have miners going crazy somewhere in the world. Gold, gold miners. And maybe if it was based on gold, we might have some space exploration. You know, I think that stopped when the gold standard stopped because you know the only good thing you can find out in space is gold, huh? So, I think maybe oil. We're get, maybe we're getting sidetracked. Should yeah. we rent? Or yeah, not? yeah. Should we rent or not? So um, the answer is, uh, but that, I'm I'm taking this from a younger perspective, even from really anyone's perspective. The answer is yes, because why not take uh, the other thing I told them is. Um, you know, if you're you're talking about a personal residence, so in in his conver- and it's the reason this conversation got brought up is because he wants to buy another house, right? He wants to move into another house. Well, now you're doing that at current interest rates, and I explained to him how the your qualifications will change based on how much house you can buy. Assuming your income hasn't changed, right? Since the last time you got qualified, at a six point five, you can buy a lot less house than you could at two point two. Um, it's not real encouraging. Huh? That's not very encouraging. No, it's not very encouraging. But if you rent it and that, and that $800 in this example of cash flow goes towards your income, it increases your qualification. Yes. So back to being encouraged, back to being encouraged. Right. But if you sell it, you know, yeah, you got 60 grand in your pocket, but that does not help your qualifications on buying a new house. So so you're essentially going to downsize instead of upsize. Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, this certain scenario, his income's gone up significantly since then. So so let's go backwards a little bit. We're kind of getting a little bit sidetracked with a specific scenario, and I love it. It's a good scenario. It's a scenario that a lot of people might find themselves in. So, so it, Yeah, just it, trying to make it real and not just a bunch of property managers telling you, yeah, you should rent. Yeah, no, because <laughs> because you know, Kyle, and we've had this discussion on this podcast before, I'm not always a proponent. I'm not just always a proponent. So what we're talking about right now is we're talking about um physically, right? Like the physical the physical that's a tough word to say. Word. That's a really hard physical. the financial decision that you have to make about whether I should do this for my financial wealth or not is almost always yes, right? Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, there's more to this decision than just your financial wealth building, you know, that you should be doing. Because for some families and some personalities, this is the worst thing for you to possibly do, especially if you're not going to let go of the reins and let somebody else do it. If you're thinking about managing a rental property yourself, then you really, really need to look inward Mm -hmm. and ask yourself if you're the right person to manage this. Can your marriage survive it? Um, Do you have the negotiating skills to handle tenants, contractors, uh, contracts, do you have all these skills? And for most people, I would say no. Yeah, Almost and, everybody on the planet, I would say you shouldn't do it. And, and, and this is the same, the same conversation that was what got brought up is like, mm-hmm. well, I, I, you know, I know the answer is yes, I should rent it, but I guess it's just the fear of dealing with dealing with it, having two houses, all that stuff. Um, that was the biggest drawback before we even knew all the other information. Right? Was is <laughs> people call it fear, but it's just like a, a mental weight of having all these things in your life, right? Which 
That that reminds me of a, a I had a conversation not so long ago with a lender. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting conversation. Like, and and actually, it's a a guest. I thought hopefully we're going to have them on soon. And she was telling me she referred us to a real estate agent client of hers, who bought a house for all the right reasons to rent it out. Tried to rent it for too much money. Was not succeeding. Was having trouble finding screening and going through the motions of screening, got frustrated and decided to sell the house (laughs) and came out to the thing and said, you know what? This isn't working. I'm just going to sell it. I'm not. What a fear-based decision. Never once did this person, a real estate agent, she said, she said to him, why don't you have somebody else manage it for you? And he said, oh, I never even thought of that. Uh, Really? A real estate agent never even thought of having a property manager manage the property for you because you're going through all the pain of trying to do this yourself and realizing how bad it sucks to do it yourself when everybody should have somebody do it for them. Do it's you, almost the, the... I don't have my wife do brain surgery for me. You know why? Because <laughs> she probably sucks at it. And you're not willing to find out whether she exactly. sucks at it or not. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The, <clears throat> and that's, that's a testament to how many avenues there are in the real estate business. I mean, in this, this industry is vast, you know, uh, <clears throat> and there's specialists in all of it. And there's a lot of pride. We see a lot of pride in realtors. They're like, I'm a licensed real estate agent. So, you know, and you, you know, licensed real estate agent can do this, then, you know, why can't I do it? Blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not your area of expertise. You know, are you, are you, are you well, is, is every real estate agent going to think they can sell a $5 million home? A lot of them will. They'll probably take that deal, but... And if they focused on it and they use the skills that they have, if they're a good real estate agent, they probably could. The problem is very few of them actually focus on on gaining the skills that they need to do it and the tools. It's another one of those, uh, you know, doctors are the worst patients, nurses are the worst patients, realtors are the worst landlords. Smoking behind Um, them. (laughs) You know, they're... they're, And that that goes to say that they're they're slow to hire somebody to do that professional service, but also, you know, they want to gouge their own rent prices where if they, someone came to them with advice on what they should rent the property next door for, they'd probably be more accurate. (laughs) Well, I didn't mean to turn this into a property management, um, you know, proponent subject, but it's part of it, right? It's Mm -hmm. part of the decision. It's like, should you rent? Well, well, if, if you're doing it yourself, if you're do doing you? it yourself, then you need to ask yourself: Do you have the personality for this? And and can your can your lifestyle and marriage and people around you can they handle it or not? Because it will affect your finances, your your stress level, your marriage, your relation, other relationships around you. Maybe you might take it to work if you're really kind of a, you know, if you really bury that drama deep inside of you, then you might carry that with you to work and it might affect your work. And there's all kinds of things we or see. if it goes bad, you may throw your hands up. I don't, I don't know. I've seen, we just bought a house that <laughs> this one still blows my mind. The tenant in there that is getting out has lived there rent free for four years, four years, because the because... owners didn't want to deal with collecting the rent. And you know how they dealt with it? They sold the house. They sold the house. To us. <laughs> Instead of dealing with it, they sold it to us Yeah, at an extremely cheap rate. I mean, like, the decisions that people make are just absolutely, to us, to you and I, are absolutely insane. Now, while I say that, I do understand 
the pressures and the way that people end up coming to those decisions. I don't agree with the decision, but I understand how they get there, if that makes sense. I understand the pressures, the the, the noise that they're listening to in their ear. Um, I, I get it. But still, when you look at it on the surface, the picture you just painted, you let somebody live in a house for four years, rent-free, because you didn't know how to handle that situation. And instead of handling it, anywhere remotely correctly you just sold the property with the person in it so you didn't have to deal with it yeah and you, so i had to deal to with them it probably would have been know, should should you shouldn't rent you know how many days it's going to take us to deal with it 30 at max at, at most 30 if it, i'm going to be disappointed if it takes us 30 yeah yeah so i mean it's it's the situations of should you rent should you sell you know there's a lot of different answers to that but should like that person should have rented through a property manager Right, that's the answer. Because clearly, doing it themselves <laughs> was a failure. Because some people think just owning real estate makes them is a good investment. Well, yeah, while that's true, it's true because of the value that should come from owning real estate, like rent collection and appreciation. Because you let's, don't have someone in there destroying it. You know? Let's go. Let's go through. Let's go through the reasons to build wealth with real estate. Okay. And cause these are all, these are all future topics that we'll, we'll dive into on our, on our podcast probably. But the first one that we've, we've already discussed is appreciation, right? Money's cool. Money is cool. <laughs> Money's cool. Appreciation. Appreciation. Cash flow. Cash flow. Meaning like the here and now, right? Yeah. Tax advantages. Tax advantages, write-offs. There you go. Um, if you're like me, it becomes part of your retirement plan. Retirement, you know, don't live off social security as your retirement plan. That's a big benefit. Am I missing any? I mean, I could, I could name more that all fall probably into the tax advantages. No, but, uh, let's not do subcategories. No, no subcategories. <laughs> Cost segregation. No, I'm just um, yeah, I mean, those are, that's, that's all of them, you know, peace of mind. <laughs> getting the value out of what you own because we we skated over that 2.2 percent interest rate right like even if you sell there's you're selling an asset that's tied to something else that has value in my opinion 2.2 percent interest rate on a note is valuable so you can go there's other options too if you do decide to sell go sell it see if you could sell or finance it at current interest rates and make six percent on it you 2. know so. two percent is that a real thing it's a real thing do you know that the the saw banks... 1.8 no the other day. no you know banks borrow that money for two percent no they borrowed it for zero no they used to borrow it at two percent i don't know if that's still the way of the world and the finances or not but it used to be two percent so Basically, if you had a 3% note, they borrowed it from the central bank for 2% and then they're making one on it or something. Well, like, the reason rates got so low is because the Fed rate got down to zero. So they uh, were they were okay. getting money from the from the central bank for nothing <clears throat> and giving it to us for 2.2%. So, got it. Got it. And yeah, that's where the money gets printed. Well, we're getting sidetracked again. <laughs> so should we rent or should we not rent? And so- That wasn't the question. Question of that rent, rent or sell, or rent or sell. So you're, you're asking the question that the owner that just sold us this property uh, was asking: Should I, should, should I sell it or rent should it? Should I rent it or should I not rent it? They decided to not rent it and just let somebody live there. 
Okay, so let's talk about it. If you don't have if you don't have the wherewithal to to pay to maintain a property, if it needs a lot of work, if it's a really old property and needs tons of renovation and it's not even livable and you don't have the money to do that, then there's another reason to maybe sell, right? There's another reason to, if you can't be a good landlord, then don't be a landlord, mm -hmm. right? Meaning if you're going to let a dilapidated home get even worse and you're not going to be able to have the means to repair it or the money that you might spend to repair it is going to add massive amount of stress to your family's um, budget, then don't do it. That's too, that's too stressful and you shouldn't do that. You should have some reserves. Yeah, and, and this should be a separate business. The pr and we can, there's there's all these different considerations you can make with investment properties too. Um, the premise of our question is mainly for primary residents, right? It's it's when you're trying to leave your primary residence, should I sell? Should I rent? Um, that rent. answer is it's rent. It's pretty much always rent, and you know that these interest <laughs> with these notes people have, it's it's so easy to say rent because the cash flow is awesome. So yeah. <laughs> Didn't you just say that twice? No, I did not. Are you so, sure? No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, should should we rent? Should we should we sell? I got a box. Should I still rent a box? So, so just to recap, what we've done is we have we've decided that some people can't sell, right? Mm -hmm. Some people shouldn't rent their home because of their personality and whether they have the means to do it, right? And those people should can still consider renting, but hire somebody to do it for them mm -hmm. in, in a nutshell, right? So we still think you should rent. You just need to know who you are and make sure you understand that most people should not be doing this themselves. And if you are, if you carry the weight of all the details of this rental with you throughout the day and it affects all the relationships in your life, then you shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. I agree. And from the personal residence standpoint, this is what I told the scenario I said earlier, that if you if you ask yourself this question, you know, on average, people move every five years. So if you ask yourself this every time you move and the answer, and you always answer with rent, right? In 30 years, you'll have a whole that's bunch how, of properties. That's how Robert Kiyosaki started. Mm -hmm. he's, he's one of the most famous stories that people know. Right. For some reason, back in the, was it the 80s, Steve, or something when he first came out? That's Mr. Rich Dad, yeah. Poor Dad, yeah, right? That you always like to bring up. Yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Well, I bring it up because everybody knows his story. Like so many people for decades have been reading his books and they know his story. And his story is simply, very simply, exactly what you just described. He was in the military and every time they stationed him to a different station, instead of sitting there and renting and throwing money away, he would buy another house Which and he would live in it. And then when they stationed him to a different station, he would rent it out. And just what I tell every military person that's getting restationed everywhere that I ever talk to. So I'm like, you do this at a 0% down payment. So you, yeah. <laughs> you this is the definition yeah. of other people's money. Right. Um, you don't even use your own money to do it. So. And I, I wonder how many of those houses he still has. I bet you just, he has them just out of, you know, kind of like a keepsake now he's got so much money he probably is they're probably just like little keepsakes like well, we know, my first rental. we know a guy who was about to get out of the military found this out started doing this mm. first with us and then he resigned <laughs> and because i guess uh, and talking to him a few years later i found out you know he can they can request new 
to be restationed. Depending, I don't know what he did. He had some specific job where he could request every six months he could request mm. to get restationed to another state or something, right? Mm. So every six months for his five-year contract, he would ask to get restationed and go buy a house it, for the sole purpose to go. Because VA has an exception where if they restation you, you can go buy a new house. In, well, you know, Normally yes. you can go redo it and, after six months, but... Well, and so just to clarify, so people are thinking you can go out and get a VA or an FHA loan like over and over again. The answer is kind of. You can only hold two at a time. So the way people end up doing that is basically like this. You get you get your VA loan and then you get restationed and you go get a second VA loan. And then that first one is still there. And then say like you get restationed again. So now what? Two, three, four, five years have gone by. The amount of equity that you've gained in in VA loan number one has gotten below that 80% mark that, that they're looking for, and they're able to refinance that into a conventional loan or get rid of that VA PMI, uh, not PMI, the VA mortgage insurance. And, and you can do the same thing with FHA. Um, and... And that's why people are able to get FHA loans or VA loans seemingly over and over and over again. You only have two at one time, but by the time you go to get the third one, that first one is eligible to to work its way out of the, the mortgage insurance. Yeah, and I, I asked him about that too. I think what he did was before he would leave – He'd fi- refinance it in conventional because while you still live in it, you could do that at five percent, five percent down. So no, you don't need any down. There's no yeah, down. that's true. Yeah, they yeah. just roll the closing just costs it into in. it. <clears throat> so yeah. it usually adds a little bit to your principal every time you refinance. But if you're doing it for a strategic purpose, it's 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 a minimal cost. There's tools out there. That's all. That's, yep. It's all about what's in your tool chest. So yep. um, should I sell? Should I rent? You should rent. We should rent. You should rent. We, you know, this is the beginning of the podcast, and should we keep it at that? Yeah, just, just. <laughs> do you just throw an f bomb out I there? I did. Yeah, that's a new one. You're gonna have to cut that out. I think. Steve. I don't think we've ever done that on this podcast. I have not done that. You've but... never used the word friendly, have you? No. Not one time. Uh, should I sell or should I rent? I think the answer is you should rent. So. <laughs> All right, if you guys want to rent your property with a property manager named Tejera Property Management, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com, and we are oh, out. Oh, we're doing this instead. Is there tequila in here?